welcome to this week's Talking Smith About Film podcast. It's a little bit different again this week because there are no new reviews. I've been busy following the England rugby team because Rugby World Cup is happening. I'm recording this literally minutes after England won 45-7 against the Americans. What a win! What a win! But we thought we'd do something because it's just the box office and the film news rundown we've got for you this week. We thought we'd do something a little bit different for you all this week because I've been wanting to sort of liven up the presentation of the film news rundown for a little while now because obviously it's a feature we carried over from the radio show when we launched the podcast back in June. But what? Because this podcast is a Lee Jack Smith property and film news rundown is technically ripped ticket property. We want to do something to truly make that feature our own. So, we're going to give it its own dedicated branding. Without any further ado, welcome to this week's Talking Smith About Film. Run the new intro. Friday, 27th of September 2019. This is the Film News Rundown, courtesy of ejacksmith.com. We have a busy busy sort of mini podcast ahead of you. We've got a lot of main stories. We've got Jurassic World news. We've got Frozen 2 news. We've got we've got lots of stuff. And we even have the small matter of a certain film star becoming the voice of your Amazon Alexis. Yeah, really. It's been an interesting week for film. And of course, we'll be doing the box office too. Talking Smith about film is kind of evolving in a sense. Because the film news rundown is going longer than three minutes. Let's get on with it, shall we? We've entered a new era. Welcome to Jurassic World. So in news that literally came out of nowhere on Wednesday, we got the news from Colin Trevorrow that uh, three of the original Jurassic Park cast members are going to be returning to being the third Jurassic World film now. We got the little short last week that sort of sets the scene for Jurassic World 3. But we now know that Laura Dern, Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum are going to be back as Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler and Ian Malcolm respectively. Now, he's already confirmed that these are not cameos. These are full-on roles within the film. And obviously, we all know how Goldblum was sort of like top and tail of Jurassic World of Fallen Kingdom when that came out last year. That was a pretty decent film. It's going to be interesting to see how Trevorrow handles it because... Obviously, he directed Jurassic World 1, was originally set to direct Star Wars uh, Episode 9, got unceremoniously sacked by Disney over another film that he made, not performing as well at the box office as they would have hoped. But it is going to be interesting to sort of see uh, how it all pans out. This was announced uh, at a screening of Jurassic World in Hollywood, where Laura Dern literally popped up out of nowhere, where no one was expecting her to appear. Uh, and that's when Trevorrow literally dropped the news. And it's kind of fitting that this news gets announced this week because uh, I've been chatting with friend of the blog and editor, online editor for UCLan's Pulse newspaper, Gemma Nettle, fellow film critic. Follow her work; she's really good. Uh, I've been, I was chatting with Gemma Nettle earlier on in the week, and she actually went to a fancy dress party as Ellie Sattler. And the first thing I thought when the news broke was, my God, Gemma bloody called it. Uh, but again, there is a lot of sort of 
things that they need to tie up from previous films, from, Jurassic, from the last two Jurassic World films as well. Like I say, it's going to be interesting to see how Trevorrow handles this. Uh, obviously, Jurassic World 3 will hit cinemas in summer 2021, so still quite a way to wait. But this news will probably get fans of not only the book, but the films. I think that'll get them excited for quite some time. In other Disney-related news, although we've just talked about Universal Film, the final trailer for Frozen 2 has just come out. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm about to change that. Now, I was a, an okay... I, I thought the first one was pretty decent, a little bit overhyped, marketed around one song. Is the new one going to be good? Well, synchronise your YouTubes now. That's, I'm going to watch it on podcast. Let's do it. Far away, as north as we can go, once stood an enchanted forest. You see an enchanted forest? Yes. It was a magical place, but something went wrong. Since then, no one can get in or out. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like they're going down the dark route. The kingdom is not safe. Yeah, they're going down the dark route. Humor's there. That's normal. Where are we? How did you get in the forest? The mist parted for us. Impossible. Where did you learn magic? Yeah, this is definitely not getting a use to cut at least. Elsa, get out of there! You can't just follow me into fire. Then don't run into fire. Like, oh no, really? Magic is very alluring. Without you, she may lose herself to it. Protect Arendelle at all costs. I believe in you, Elsa, more than anyone or anything. Hmm. Not completely. Not completely sold on it yet, I'll be honest. Purely and simply because we all know the first Frozen was built around the soundtrack. We've not heard much of it aside from that little sneak peek they did at D23 back in August. But Frozen 2 could arguably be one of the big kids' films at, uh, this Christmas. Obviously, it's out on November 22nd, so prime spot. Joker will have been out for a few weeks by then. I am a little sceptical. I really am. Because, like I say, I, en I enjoyed the first Frozen film for what it was worth, but it became too big of a cultural sensation. I mean, cinemas literally play it every single Christmas, without question. I, I just hope it can deliver on the hype, because... Yeah, I, 
I just don't know how, what to say, how to feel. I mean, as I keep saying, when are people just going to let it go? Yes, we did just do that joke. Uh, but of course, Frozen became the huge hit that it was back in 2013. I remember seeing it uh, the week after it came out at the local view. And it did pretty good numbers. It did really, really good numbers for a rare Monday night showing. Of course, since the first Frozen came out, Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee now heading up Disney Animation. Obviously, they've been a little bit busy uh, getting the studio uh, under their control a little bit more since the first film came out. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, this new film, uh, whether it's able to live up to the hype or not. Uh, obviously, we know Sterling K. Brown, Jason Ritter, Evan Rachel Wood and Alfred Molina are going to be joining the cast uh, with Kristen Bell, Adina Menzel, um, all of your favourites from Frozen 1 returning. It is out on November 22nd. Do not be surprised if tickets go on sale any day now. Disney are going to have a lot of dominance on cinemas this Christmas. I mean, they have this and Star Wars. So it's going to be interesting to see how many screens they can juggle. In lesser news this week, and again, kind of related to the Disney stuff, Sony have begun the marketing for the digital release of Spider-Man Far From Home. We now know that, of course, this is the last time we're going to probably see Spidey in the MCU for a, for a little while. But they're going all out in the marketing. We've got an actual website for the Daily Bugle. It's really cool so if you head over to the dailybugle.net they've got all sorts of little easter eggs uh relations and we're going to spoil a bit of the well, it's been out for four months in cinemas um we've got a lot of sort of extra content relating to that j jonah jameson credit scene uh and there are all sorts of little easter eggs related to the films a nice little joke about night monkey foreign hero or yet another mass menace uh, but of course, this is all to promote the American digital release of Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, us Brits don't get it for another few weeks yet. But the fact that it's only going all, all out on the marketing for the digital release, knowing full well that this is probably going to be the last time they get a sizable return on investment with Spider-Man films, because the fans don't forgive and the fans certainly don't forget either. The fact that we've got something as full-on as this... I'm actually, like, as a nerd, I'm, like, properly geeking out here. For them to go all in on sort of the continuity of the films, it's 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 awesome. Uh, we also have Fresh Off the Emmy Success, and this is kind of related to the, uh, the movie side of things, because she's writing the next Bond film, for God's sake. Phoebe Waller-Bridge has signed a huge deal with Amazon, where she will sort of make her home all of her solo TV and film creations going forward. Obviously, this woman has had an incredible couple of years. She created Killing Eve. Uh, she has created the now Emmy Award-winning Fleabag, and we will have more talk about Fleabag in the box office. Mild spoiler there. Uh, it's around $20 million a year to create TV series for Amazon. That girl has just had what the most meteoric rise and good for her and it kind of proves that getting to write a bond film at that stage of your career it's not just an honor it's a bloody well-deserved privilege we've also had the trailer for the breaking bad film el camino now obviously i'm not really that much of a breaking bad fan but i know a lot of my friends behind the scenes are very excited uh, to see the, uh, the Jesse Pinkman saga sort of come to a c conclusion. Obviously, we didn't get the full satisfying narrative denouement uh, at the end of season five, but we've got a standalone Breaking Bad film. We never thought it'd ever happen.
And we've got two and finally stories this week. Uh, one of them is pretty insane, and we'll get to that one in a minute. However, this one's pretty important. If you've been collecting your ultraviolet digital movies, got a lot of Blu-rays and DVDs have been coming out with over the last sort of five, six years. Listen very closely because this this is actually genuinely quite important. So if you're a, a, undoubtedly aware, Ultraviolet shut its doors on July 31st uh, and they sort of let their playback systems off to Flickster. And Flickster have just come out and said, uh, we are going to be sort of shutting our doors at the end of the year too. Now, Simon Brew, who runs a fantastic website and magazine, Film Stories, also a brilliant podcast too, he did a hell of an article earlier on the week sort of profiling uh, what this means, what Flickster's closing uh, means. Uh, so uh, this December, Flickster's going to close its doors, uh, leaving those who've got legally bought library additional movies required, and this, this is the key thing, to individually move their films from Flickster over to Google Play. They've signed an agreement with Google. Uh, however... 12 of the 148 titles, titles that were available uh, on Flickster, uh, well, on, on the library, because I've got here, uh, 12 of the 148 won't be available, and they've, they've compiled a list of some of the films that won't be able to make the translation. So if you've got copies of things like uh, Star is Born, uh, Captain Fantastic, Bridge of Spies, although apparently more working, uh, Epic... Hangover, Hateful Eight, a lot of big films. Um, it's it's good. It's interesting to sort of see that it's mostly Fox and Warner Brothers titles that aren't allowed to be sort of migrated over to the new system. Uh, we will keep updated on all this. I had to go through this rigmarole myself on Monday. Uh, of my 88 or so films that were available on Flickster, about four of them couldn't be transferred over. But I'm not really that first. I've got big four terabyte films of them all digitised anyway. So I'm not really that first. I mean, you've seen the journal set. Pretty, pretty, pretty OCD about keeping the physical copies of my films. And now the proper and finally. And this one's actually pretty insane. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. So, if you have an Alexa, if you have one of those Amazon Alexas, I'm trying not to say it too much, just so I don't trigger it. Uh, you can actually customise the voice of it very soon. They announced at their hardware conference on Wednesday night that, that with celebrities' permission, some of the new technology that they've been rolling out will be able to mimic celebrity voices. And I love the fact that of all the celebrities they can pick from, Samuel L. Jackson is going to be the first uh, celebrity you can sort of pick. Now, it's going to be 99 cents for the Americans. It'll be 99p over here, probably, uh, for these new celebrity voices. And they have confirmed that we are going to be getting a clean and an explicit version. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. Sort of asking, asking your voice assistant of choice uh, what, 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 to translate something. And all you'll hear is... English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Because... It will, it, they simply have to make him do all the iconic lines. Right, film news rundown done. Let's talk box office. 
So it's been a relatively quiet week for UK cinemas, obviously not much in terms of new releases. Uh, but of course, as we usually do, we have all the stats from ComScore here. And we're going to run you through the top 15, uh, as we usually do, because that's what, we, uh, that's what we've uh, become pretty known for uh, here on Talking Smith About Film. I am a big box office nerd. I'm like a huge box office nerd, if you've not already gathered. Uh, but there is sort of like a moment this year, but actually before we go anywhere, a uh, little bit of a box office thing uh, that we um, forgot to mention last week. Uh, it has been confirmed that this summer has been the highest grossing summer on record. Uh, it was a great year for film here in the UK over the last couple of months. And to sort of give you an, a rough idea of how successful it's been, I'm just trying to sort of get my stats up here because I've got like a new device here. I've got a little tablet now. Uh, that will allow me to pull up things while I'm recording the podcast, which has made my life easier this week, believe me. So it, is, it has been the highest-grossing summer of all time, beating last year's record uh, between the 3rd of May and August 29th. The record was £440 million. This year we did £474 million. And I put that down to The Lion King. I put that down to the Lion King. It has played incredibly well. And we've got, we've still got Frozen 2. We've still got Star Wars. And we've still got Cats to come. This year could, uh, this could be one of the biggest years for box office revenue ever. And bear in mind, last year was the highest since the 70s. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out. But in this current state of play, the top 15 consists of the following. 15th place, it's the eighth week for the Angry Birds movie 2. Uh, obviously, a lot of cinemas have dropped it. It will be ending its UK run over 5 million. It's in its eighth week at the minute. It did 106,000 this week. Which, again, considering that we are out of school holidays now, to do 106 grand is really, 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 really good for Sony. They've had a good couple of weeks. Uh, 14 is a brand new release, The Kitchen. Uh, it did 107,000. And considering The Kitchen hasn't had much of a PR campaign at cinemas that I really go to, uh, it's sort of interesting to sort of see how it's, uh, it's been doing. Obviously, it's based on the Vertigo comic book miniseries, the same name. So, Crimeville. And it's a good cast, too. Like, it would have been nice if Warner had had the confidence to open it a little bit wider. But obviously, quite a competitive scene at the minute uh, with the amount of films coming in. Uh, 13th place, it's week number five for Angel Has Fallen. I'm glad this film's falling out of the box office as quick, it, quick, it, quick as it is. Because uh, I'm not really that big of a fan of the Has Fallen films. It's done 177,284 on its fifth week. It's up to a nice 7.1 million now. Again, Gerard Butler and all the team involved on the film, they'll probably be happy with, with another good success. Uh, and at 12th this week, we have a live event. Which I am like, how did it, how did it happen? So, a lot of you will be aware that we had uh, sort of like 
a live broadcast of a play that's been sold out for several weeks at a National Theatre. Uh, it last week it didn't make the top fifteen, but because of the encore screenings that are going to be ongoing over the last couple of days, it, it did nineteen thousand last week. But it did 177,000 this week. We talked about her earlier. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's flea bag. It attracted the crowds, all right. It is good to see a live event drawing that amount of people, even though it wasn't technically a live broadcast this week. It was the encore showings. And more of them are still to come. More of them are still to come this week. These National Theatre screenings are like a great way to use cinemas on a Thursday night when they don't really get many people in. I mean, sure, it's a premium price, but it works, especially with the amount of concessions they sell. I mean, believe me, I've 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 witnessed event night at the local View. When they wheel out Hawking, you know it's going to be busy. And then at eleventh place this week is another brand new entry. It is the farewell. It has done two hundred and seven thousand pounds this week. Uh, again, I don't know too much about this film. Uh, but it is a 99% um, on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is a oh, it's a uh, it looks like a really lovely little film. The Guardian sort of like a piece on whether this film's the only branch that the US-China culture war needs. So, any to get a top 15, that is incredibly good going. So you know what happens next. Get a whole lot of love on. Let's do the top 10. <laughs> At 10th place this week is Toy Story 4. It's 14 weeks into its run, so another two weeks or so left. Just shy of a quarter of a million pounds, well, 256,000. It's up to 65 million now, which is really, really good. At 9 is Dora and the Lost City of Gold. It's growing on audiences six weeks in, 273,000 to bring it up to a nice 5.4 million pound total, which is lovely. At 8, we covered it in depth properly last week week number six for once upon a time in hollywood 277,000, bringing it up to 20.4 million so it's tarantino's biggest biggest yet at seven it is the penultimate week of casino royale for secret cinema did another 345,878. some eight million so far and if you're in london before october 6th get there now get there now at six is the Lion King, 10 weeks in, 373,000. It's up to a nice and incredible 74.3 million. It's gonna be the biggest film of the year at this time for the minute. At five, week number two for Huskers, it broke the million pound boundary pretty well. It's up to 3.3 million for STX. So doing incredibly well. At four, brand new entry, Rambo, Last Blood, 18 certificate film. Did one point, yeah, just over a million. Good guy for Lionsgate. At three, it chaps two. Third week now, 1.3 million, bring it up to a nice 16.1 million. And at second is a brand new entry. Ad Astra did 2.2 million for Fox, which of course means second week in a row. Downton Abbey is your UK box office number one. It did 3.2 million on this session. And considering that this is a TV to film adaptation, which traditionally don't do that well with the critics, 
but do incredibly well with customers it gives you an idea of how popular Downton is. And of course, it's just come out in America this week. So obviously we'll be able to give you a little bit more insight on how it's done in America. I think Ad Astra outgrossed it in America. I will have to sort of triple check and verify that for you all. Yep. Oh, actually, in fact, Ad Astra was beaten by Downton stateside. So the global appeal of Downton, even though it's a British property beloved by us, was aired in prime spot after X Factor results every Sunday. Yes, we know our stuff about TV as well. The fact that Downton is having this continual success is up to 13.1 million after two weeks. I think we're going to be seeing this film hang around a lot. Now we're going to give you all the new features this week. Uh, of course, opening today in cinemas here in England, there are two major releases. The Goldfinch, which is John Crowley's brand new film, hasn't reviewed well at the festival scene. Uh, obviously, a lot of hype was put into it at the festival scene. Uh, and as it currently stands, I know not, not many cinemas have got it. It's charting at 40 on Metascore on Meta out of 39 reviews. Going to be interesting to see how customers respond to it. And of course, there is also a few other sort of like major releases. Uh, the main ones being Don't Let Go, Bloomhouse's new film, of course. Uh, that's opening against Ready or Not, which is the next since Wednesday. There are also two independent releases in the form of Hotel Mumbai. Uh, which is uh, the true story of the Taj Hotel terrorist attack in Mumbai and also the release of Skin as well. Four films out within UK cinemas today. Uh, it is going to be, we know that the Goldfinch is probably going to be the most popular one of the lot. Of course, it all depends on how many screens Downton can retain uh, going into the next week as we get ever closer to the release of Joker because that one is basically going to take as many screens of your local multiplex as it can because there is a lot of hype for this film, both good and bad hype. We're not going to go into the bad hype because it would be talking about some very real subjects. Uh, but we just want to celebrate film here at ejacksmith.com and we don't get to go get into the politics of it. And with that, that is it for this week's Talking Smith About Film podcast. Hopefully you like the, uh, the new presentation style that we've sort of concocted for the, for the film news segment. We're only going to do it this way on weeks that we have no reviews. We can bring elements in on the weeks we do have reviews. We'll be back to sort of like full service next week. We've got a few classics lined up. Uh, not just for the blog, but for the podcast as well. We're going to delve into the archives and sort of give you more reviews that we've never had the chance to sort of talk about on an audio-based platform before. Finding a time to watch them in between rugby games, though, it's going to be a challenge. We're literally down to a whole cup of Earl Grey as we recorded this week's podcast. So tells you a lot about how early we have to get up to watch the England games. 5am alarms are not nice. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could give us a five-star review and sort of leave us some good words. Because uh, the more we, more people we can get into our little community, the better. So, with all that being said, that's it for this week's Talking Smith About Film. My name's been Jack Smith. You've heard me talk nonsense about film for a little bit too long now. And until next week, we'll see you at the movies. Well, hello from the edit suite of Smith HQ. Um, this podcast was recorded literally hours uh, and maybe even in some parts days before Sony would announce that Spider-Man is indeed coming back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe for one more film. 
Keep your eyes peeled on the YouTube channel for an emergency what the hell happened. Because uh, this was very, 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 very late breaking news, as is the case with all of these big stories on the podcast. They all break after we put it out for you guys to listen to. Uh, business as normal next week, folks. We've got a few reviews in store. We'll see you next Friday.